those nights when one drink with the girls turns into a bottle, but you need your car for brunch the next day. There's pickup. Or at Friday work drinks, where you don't want to leave your car with expensive tools at the pub. There's pickup. Don't miss out on the fun. Get a pickup. Simply book on our app, and we'll pick you up to drive you and your car home. Two drivers arrive, one drives you home in your car, and the other driver follows. Download the pickup app today. That's PKUP, and wake up worry free. Hi, I'm Jamie Wincup. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. Welcome to Inside Supercars. Tony Whitlock and Craig Gravel, and we're joined by an Erebus Quartet today. Looking at our winning series, we're joined by Barry Ryan, who is team principal and co-owner of Erebus. Shannon Kiley, the managing director. George Commons, race engineer on Car9, and the driver of Car9. A uh, 99, I'm sorry. That being Brody Kostecki. Welcome to you all. It's terrific to have you here. Not the great circumstances, I know, because we're not racing or you're not racing. But we want to talk about the winning procedures and what it means. And the theme of it is really looking at what's the requirement of it. Barry, we'll we'll start off with you is, you know, the necessities of trophies and how do you go about the process of winning and how important is it? Yeah, well, I guess it's it's it individual but my mindset since I can remember has been I just want to win everything I do and frustrates a lot of people because it's personal as well as racing it's everything I do I just want to win so yeah whether it's the business and making the business succeed or winning a trophy on a Sunday or a Saturday it's um it's all the same for me so but yeah there are obviously different facets to it you know um we won in 2017 at Bathurst is a good example and in 2018 we we all but won. So we didn't win the trophy, but we won that weekend. We were the best team. We we rolled out with the, the best looking car. We did everything we could right. We led the race for like 130 something laps and then one one item failed. And um, yeah, that that's all you need. But at the end of the day, we, we knew we were the best team there. And unfortunately we didn't win, but you know, you can tick that box and um, say we, we did the job we needed to do to win that day. George, we might go to you next because you've been involved in this business for quite a few years now and you've travelled uh, internationally and competed. Joining a new team, as you did at the start of this year, we just want to find out about what it means to you, the process, the trophies needed and what's, what's required. I mean, yeah, a little bit like Barry, I always want to be at the front or you know, want to make sure that when you leave a weekend, you've done everything you possibly can to give you that opportunity or to give the driver that opportunity to win. Um, going into this year, I mean, we, we had two rookies. We expectations we weren't really sure were there, or we weren't really sure of exactly what the expectations were going to be. Um, I think we probably exceeded them pretty quickly in terms of being able to run in the, the top ten or even in the top five at quite a few places. And so, to a certain degree, that was a win to start with. But I think we proved you now we can get to the podium. We've we've got the pace to do it. So now we need actual wins. I think if we can get one of those this year, then that's that's a good outcome. And Brody, you came into this year as a rookie, but one who'd already presented your credentials to be there. There's very few that would uh, argue that you haven't put, shown more than more than successfully as uh, what you're capable of doing. You've always had a mindset of winning, I believe. Yeah, definitely. I think you uh, 100% need to be a competitive person to be in the sport that we're in. And um, at at the end of the day, we, uh, you know, I race for a trophy, and that's you know the only thing that I've ever really cared about. 
Um, so, and it's just all these other little factors that, um, you know, sort of determine, you know, your outcome. And, um, we've had some good runs this year, but, um, like, like, like George just sort of touched on, we just, um, yeah, yeah, we just need to get a small couple of, uh, little wins as a team and we'll be right there. Shannon, you've, uh, very quickly come from a background where you were with a number of other teams. And now you're in a, a quite a position of of uh, quite some not power necessarily, but uh, strength and uh, obviously a decision maker. Can you win without? For me personally, I suppose, um, as you said, I've come from, I guess, uh, a background of a different role that's very different to you know Barry George and Brody, where they're. I suppose they have a, a direct connection to the performance on track, whereas my role has always been very different where it's been the commercial, uh, the PR media side of the company. So although, you know, we, we all um, are proud of the wins on track, for me there's certainly been, you know, other wins off track, whether that be, you know, in 2019, which were the last crowned best presented team. So I'll say we still are, um, uh, you know, the, things like that, uh, um, PR campaigns that we've pulled off, you know, landing a, a new sponsor, which, you know, this year has proven that we've basically, I suppose, you know, it's um, no, no secret that we had a bit of an overhaul at the end of last year and we've seen, you know, new new um, rookie drivers come in and then also new partners as well that are new to the sport. So, you know, in, in my world, um, and I think everyone can agree, including Barry, that, you know, those are wins for the team as well. So, you know, seeing new partners come on board and then and growing and developing that relationship, that's a win that I suppose um, for myself personally is, is more of a, a direct connection to. Barry, knowing that you've got an innate born with desire to compete and to get on top, each season do you sit down and draw up a, a criteria for every member of the team? Is there a... A, ba- a benchmark on what they have to achieve? Uh, not really. No, they wouldn't be in our team or they don't last long in our team if you don't see that from the word go. So if they're not the, the right person, that you can see they know racing, they want to win, they just don't last long in the team. And it's not because you you just sack them. But you, you, you've got to be careful when you employ people and make sure that they are the right person. So I don't really need to set any um, criteria for most of our or all of our crew now because they're all they're all really well self-driven and self-motivated to do a good job. So, yes, yeah, it makes your job easy when you've got a really good crew around you because you feel like you're doing nothing, and that's supposed to be the sign of you know, when your team's in, in a good position and it's got good management. If you feel like you're doing nothing, it means your team's doing everything, which is um, sort of where where we finished the racing already and. In, in this little break now, it's been really good. A lot of self-motivated people have done a lot of things to make sure we take the next step. So, you know, I, I, I basically get asked now, can we do this or should we do this? And most of, most of the time it's suggestions from good staff and that's, that's what you want. That's all you can ask for. George, you've worked for a number of years with young drivers. Now, obviously, um, it, that's what Erebus is about now. They've uh, two so-called rookies, but both fierce competitors, both who've done winning, know what that's like. Do you have a a different benchmark on where you go about things because they are rookies coming into a series? Probably the approach is a little bit different in terms of it's, you know, you're there trying to to teach them as many things as you can as well as, you know, work with them in terms of setup and car performance, that sort of thing. Um, But, you know, 
Brody particularly is very experienced anyway, but we can still learn things from each other and I can still present ideas and things to him. And I think that's the, the biggest difference with the younger drivers is they're far more receptive to that mostly. Um, so, and that's been really good this year to be able to have that again and be able to, you know, bounce ideas backwards and forwards and say, well, I think, you know, we need to be focusing on this. And if you're driving, these are some of the areas we need to work on and, and, you know, approaches to qualifying and how you, how you find that last sort of two tenths on a second run, that sort of thing. Um, and I think so far that we've been doing quite well on that. So we've been doing some more things in this break at Norwell and uh, working around those sort of ideas, which has, has been really good. And we're going to do a few more in the next couple of weeks in the ride car, hopefully. So, yeah. Brody, we know how competitive you are and how you had thoughts only that you were going to be uh, going out to win every session and every race that you can. But there's another part to the business which you've really now come into uh, when you were racing with the Kostecki brothers. It was a different scenario. You didn't have the same requirement, but now you have sponsors, corporate partners. that They play a large role in uh, the, the job of winning. Can you tell us about how you've coped with that uh, scenario? Um, I've always had uh, partners throughout my racing career. Um, there's just been... Um, sort of a bit of a jump going to this year, um, obviously joining with Erebus and um, that's, you know, hasn't really been too different for me, uh, to be honest, um, especially with Boost coming on board. They've um, sort of joined my journey the last couple of years and they um, stepped up to the plate when I joined Erebus. So um, they've been, you know, great to me and, um, and uh, yeah, so nothing's really too far out of the normal for me. I'm, I'm just myself. Um, as I'm usually, and um, I just want to keep it that way because I think now everything's getting so filtered and um, everyone's so media trained that it's you know it's it's almost kind of boring to be honest. So just um, just sort of just being myself and trying to you know bring it back to sort of how it used to be. Shannon, if you're successful on the track, how important it is, and if you your business, the importance of trying to make that successful as well to go with the track success. Yeah, well, obviously, you know. Winning means that, uh, I guess, other things come along with it. So whether that's, you know, greater media values that we can deliver to partners, which in turn, um, you know, we can then, I guess, to put it um, bluntly, you know, ask for ask for more money, that the, the better your, your team can be overall, and whether that's, as I said before, on track plus off track, um, then, then you're more attractive to, to partners. But winning is definitely a big part of it. And certainly, you know, when you're around the, around a table with partners it's certainly easier to sell yourself when you when you're up the front than when you're down the back barry we've already know about what you've stated position is about racing and winning and competing what your scenario would be about taking on a driver who brought more to the business side of it oh we just we just wouldn't consider anymore i think we did in the, the real early days like 2016 we obviously had some drivers that or some sponsors along with them, but um, no, it's, it hasn't been a consideration for years now. So uh, it's not why we do it. It's not why Betty does it. It's not why I do it. So, you know, the drivers we've had, Anton, Dave, Brody, Will now, um, they're there because they're the right drivers. They're, there's no other reason why they're there. Um, if they weren't the right drivers, they wouldn't be with us. So we believe they can win. We, we believe Anton and Dave could win races last year, and this year we believe Anton, uh, Will and Brody can. So... Um, and if we got to a point where we didn't believe they can win, we'd probably be having a discussion with them with, about moving on. So, um, yeah, that's as simple as that. Shannon, wh one part of the business is, you know, that many 
race teams look at in, in times is diversification. And we're mm -hmm. wondering, is, uh, is that part of Erebus' near plan coming up in the future, looking at different categories or different ways of doing things? Well, I suppose, you know, the, the perfect example of that was last year when COVID first struck. Obviously, we weren't, you know, too sure how long COVID would be around for. And I'm, I'm certainly sure that this time last year, we didn't think it would still be dealing with it now. So, you know, that's when you saw um, Erebus Medical was a, a first thing that popped up um, that, you know, Barry was really the, the I guess, the uh, brains behind that and got that going and then Erebus Garage as well. So, you know, that was that was a way where we could utilise the skills we already had in-house um, and we obviously capped numbers now at uh, race events. So sees, you know, us be able to retain staff but also use the, the staff skills that we already have in, in different areas. So, you know, we've seen us already diversify um, with Erebus Garage and, you know, there, there could be more to come, but at the moment, you know, we're, that's really what we're focusing on is obviously the race team and then Erebus Garage as well. At GTs? That that would be a question for Barry and Betty. I, I Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll leave no comment okay. there. <laughs> George, one of the things that you quite obviously have had to deal with already is uh, expectation upwards, that being that Brody and the team have not exceeded expectations, but have certainly shown the flag. You've got to cope with them. You've got to manage them. What's the tools that you put in place to do that with? Well, I guess, you know, it starts with the people you've got, as Barry already touched on. And, you know, we've got a very motivated, very driven group of guys. Um, you know, the, the new chief mechanic this year, but, you know, he does a very good job, but, you know, working with him to make sure the right procedures are in place and everything's being prepared as well as it can be and just catching all those little sort of one percenters that can let you down every so often so that's sort of you know there's been a bit of a focus on that through this year um and then you know working with Brody to to make sure that every time we're in the car we maximize what we have so if we make a mistake or we have a bad day then that's a an eighth or a ninth not a instead of a fifth or a sixth rather than a you know a 15th that sort of thing so that's you know going forwards that's the to improve our performance again they're the areas that we'll certainly be looking at Brody, we know full well that you're busy with the E-Series and you were doing that uh, before this current and last year as well, series were running. Um, that obviously gives you some outlet for your competitiveness, but what else can you do to help the team improve, go forward, uh, both inside and outside the car? Um, I think we're always improving as a group, but I think um, more so myself, probably more than... Um, the team sort of this year, um, you know, being a rookie and all, and I've had to, you know, learn to adapt. Um, you know, like George just said, this year I've, I've been put in a lot of situations that I've never been in before, you know, especially with qualifying and um, sort of the quick fire races and, and uh, whatnot. So I've had to learn a lot um, this year and um, it's sort of been a bit of a strange one for myself. I feel like I've, you know, sort of my life's kind of on hold, same as everyone else, but um, yeah, I, I still feel like we um, have a lot of potential left this year and just really want to go back racing and try, you know, finish what we started for this year. Barry, looking at those people who don't travel to the track and how many would that be now at Erebus? Uh, only three, I think. Yeah, it's fairly small. Oh, okay. I, yeah, well, that was much smaller than I thought. Um, oh, maybe so five, what's your, your, yeah, five. How, how do you measure their performance? Do you have a criteria by which you look at the way in which they, they're operating? 
Yeah, well, I guess if you look at Paul, is in our commercial department. He's he used to come to all the races, and since COVID, they've shut down the numbers. And um, yeah, so he he deals with a lot in the background and you know in between races and during races, making sure you know partners are getting communication when if Shannon's busy. And um, yeah, so it's 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 harder for them. It's obviously harder for them being at home and not being able to be at the race and feel like they contributed as much, but. You know, Jess, for example, Jess books all the accommodation and flights and, and when you're in a COVID situation, that's really difficult. So, you know, it's always evolving. So their performance is judged on just the end result. Like if you get to the airport and you've got a ticket, that's <laughs> that's sometimes as simple as that. And yeah, the high cars there and, you know, it's just the simple things that can be really frustrating in this environment. And if, if that's all done right, well, the, her box is ticked um, really nicely and, uh, Damo back at the shop. He Damo has been the longest serving employee with Erebus, and he was the old GT manager. Um, so he's basically like a workshop manager. He he manages everything in the background. So when we we're on the road last year, he was packaging stuff up, and you know when we were sending stuff back, he'd have to have to get it to the gearbox guy or something to rebuild the box or getting bars repaired and stickers sent and. So all the logistics side of it. So again, if everything turned up and on time, well, he he did his job. So you know they can still contribute to the team in a massive way, even though they're not at the track. And they should all be just as proud when they get a trophy as, as the guy driving the car, really. Shannon, at what point of the year? And obviously, this is a different year to last year and the year before, and so on. So we're in a rolling situation. But at what point of the season do you uh, have to bank it? and move on to next year? I think as a um, business, we're always looking, you know, into the future. So there's not really a, a time that we're not looking or have got at least got one eye on um, the future and into next year or whatever that may be. But there's certainly, you know, times at the moment, uh, especially given what you know, this calendar could potentially look like, which might see a very busy end to the season and which would sort of take us up to Christmas, which means that really at this point in time, while we don't have 100% uh, view on, on what that calendar will look like, this period, this downtime that we've had since we finished up at Townsville in July has really been focused on next year. So I suppose that, you know, when we are away racing, obviously that is our focus when we're there, but you're always, um, you know, managing different things at a time, whether that's the next race meeting, the one, one, the next one after that or all of next year. So you've sort of always got, I think, one eye on the bigger picture and that long-term picture. And George, at what time do you sort of say, right, I've got to now concentrate on getting the setup for next year? Do you think about that when you're at Townsville this year for next year? No, no, I wouldn't say that. I mean, it, it, you know, the things you do at Townsville for this year would be make sure you've got to get a good post-event um, data analysis summary so that then when you come back to look at it next year, you, that's your, your building point that you start from. And, yeah, the, the evolutions of the car setups move anyway. So, you know, our concept and our philosophies of how we're running the car at Townsville this year might be slightly different by the time we get to Townsville next year. So it's, it's not just a case of sort of copy and paste. Um so, but the key thing is to make sure that you, you go through your data afterwards, after the, the weekend and, you know, make sure you've got a good summary of everything that you've done. And then um, that gives you the, the foundations for the following year when you come back to it. I mean, and then with the Gen 3 thing happening, that's at some point our focus will shift to that to a certain degree um, when we know for sure exactly when it's going to happen, I suppose. But, yeah. 
we won't look at that at the moment. Brody, do you always have it in mind that uh, I'm going to be coming back to this track next year? So therefore, you know, make sure that I've learned from this weekend. How do you prepare for next year then? Yeah, definitely. Uh, luckily and uh, fortunately, I've been to most of the tracks um, prior. So, but you always learn something new, um, uh, even just from day to day at each track. So you you definitely take stuff from rounds prior, and um, you know they they lead on to the next round, but not only just into next year as well. And then maybe we'll sort of look at the difference from the tracks, like the AFL. We go from one track to another, and there are vast differences from a Winton to a uh, Townsville to a Darwin, um, Bathurst. And the difference between a, a win at each of those sort of tracks, I mean, obviously it has a massive impact if you're to win at Bathurst. And uh, that's obviously the aim of every race and every person who competes in the category. How different is it when you're going to the other a Simmons Plains, for instance, or a Barbagello? Barry? Yeah, well, I've never hidden behind the fact that Bathurst is the number one. Um, every other race is a practice for Bathurst, so it's probably been drilled into me since I worked for Larry Perkins. That he's, he's world-centred around Bathurst, and it's probably grown with me, and you can see the importance. Like, winning it in 2017, it's the biggest thing we've ever done, and, you know, 18 was obviously close, and we could have gone back-to-back, back, but um, that was disappointing, and but... 17 is still still mentioned. Every time they mention Dave Reynolds now, because he's done nothing else, he's, he's the 2017 Bathurst winner. So that's all they mention. So it still goes back to us. So um, it's, it's great, actually, to, to know that he's um, remembered via something we did together. So uh, yeah, Bathurst is used for the business. You can't deny it. So whether it's merchandise, memorabilia, um, it's just the credibility you get out of it. Um, I think it put our team on the map as a serious supercar team soon as we won that race and ever since I think you know people the expectation went up straight away and and that's why people at the start of this year were thinking we'll we're done and dusted because you know we're going to put rookies in the cars and you know that's the end of Erebus but they didn't know the reasons why we're doing it and the faith we had in the the two guys we got in the car and Brody and Will there's a reason why they're in there like I said before it's not just to make up the numbers or bring a sponsor along or anything like that it's because we we truly believe they can be better than the drivers we've had in the past. And Shannon, just looking at the variations from track to track, if you were to win at a Phillip Island or Sydney Motorsport Park, how much more important commercially is that than, say, winning in Perth or Darwin? I think, obviously, there's, I guess, you know, when you look at, like, what Bath, uh, Baz was talking about with Bathurst, like, I was looking at uh, media values um, just the other day, whereas Bathurst is worth about four times the media values of any other of the next best event um, so, you know, that's obviously huge commercially. And then you sort of have your your tier two events under that, which would be, you know, your, your street circuits, um, your Darwins, Townsville's, uh, Perth, like, like you mentioned. Um, and then you do have your, your smaller events as well, which I suppose really are your non-free-to-air events because your media values just on those events aren't the same given the amount of eyeballs um, that poten- you potentially miss with not having it on free-to-air. So, you know, there are definitely different levels um, of events given, I guess, you know, the hugeness of, of Bathurst. It is, the, you know, the, the greatest event um, in motorsport probably, you know, up there worldwide. But then, you know, the different events we have at, um, within Australia as well and in our category that they definitely offer different things. And, you know, when you look at this day and age and in the COVID world as well, um, you know, there's, 
there's certainly a difference in, in what you can do to partners to activate as well. Um, you know, whether that's, you know, full crowd capacities or if you're only allowed about 5,000 sort of thing. So it's certainly a different world at the moment where there's definitely different values on different events and how that event is actually um, played out. And George, looking at it as well, obviously you're going to, well, it's highly likely you're going to get a Bathurst to run it and the importance of that and how you'll uh, prepare for it and the aftermath of uh, another Bathurst charge for you. Yeah, I mean, it's like most people, it's certainly the favourite race to go to, the one that everybody wants to win. Um, you know, the preparation, it's you you always try and do the best preparation you can for every race, but I suppose you always go that, that extra, that last little extra mile before Bathurst, whether it's the strategy reviews or... You know, you're starting to set up how much, you know, how much time, what you, what you do for where you think you're going to start, for example. Um, yeah, I mean, it's I can't wait to go back there again. Um, I think we're, we'll have a decent shot this year for sure. And um, for the first time, we've got a car that doesn't use more fuel than everybody else, which will make it way, way easier. So, um, <laughs> so that's what I'm most excited about the fuel economy, actually. Um, but yeah, so we'll. Um, you know, it'll be the last race of the year again. So obviously we want to go out with a, with a bang and then see what happens about trying to get home afterwards. Brody, you, you've been competing at Bathurst, but albeit on the E-Series, but how important has that been to you to at least get that opportunity? And and how much do you enjoy that? Yeah, definitely. Well, um, I've only competed in uh, two, two 1000s. Um, you know, the first one with my family as a wild card and uh, the one with Erebus last year. Um, co-driving with them and um, yeah like sort of George touched on we had a sort of you know a really strong start to the year at Bathurst we kind of didn't get the results that we deserved um, at, at the start of the year at Bathurst so and um, you know Bathurst has such a historical value and in Australian motorsport it's it's something that you grow up learning that it's you know it's it's the biggest race to win but um, honestly to me the, the importance of um, you know, every race is all the same as me. I'm just, um, you know, a really competitive person and, um, yeah. Barry, have you had any more confirmation about the startup? I mean, obviously we're in COVID times, it's dynamic, it changes, all those things, but have you had some supercars, uh, any more confirmation of uh, the likelihood of these uh, next five events? Uh, not really. Um we did our own little analysis and you only got to count back from, um, you know, Bathurst on the 5th and 6th of December, whenever it is, and count back and you haven't got that many weeks. So it really has to start in the middle of October if we're going to fit those five races in. So, um, yeah, we've got a commission meeting tomorrow, which we're trying to square away some things, but there's a lot going on in the background and with government and, you know, trying to make sure that we don't have to put people in quarantine for too long because it's very expensive and, People can hopefully self-isolate when they get get home, like the Queenslanders. Um, New Zealand, obviously, with our wild card, trying to see how we can get Murph and Richie over here and back without too much quarantine. Uh, it's just difficult, and no one wants to make a decision at the moment. The politicians don't want to make a decision because they might get, you know, look badly upon. So um, I can imagine there's just lots of lots of crap in the background that I don't know about, but. I'm sure as soon as Sean can tell us something, which Sean's working hard with his team, and I speak to him every second day, but it's just not not a lot finalised at the moment that can go public. So, But fingers crossed we do all races plus Bathurst. Shannon, the importance of these E-Series, 
and their wins. It's been definitely good to watch um, Brody, um, Jared, and, and even Job in the E series. Obviously, Brody and Jared have had um, some very good results, um, which obviously means it's just like normal racing. Um, where you know a win usually means, or when you're up the front, it mean, usually means you're getting more TV time. So obviously, you know we, we've got um, Boost on board for those two cars, and you know Boost, I guess you know with their market, they're they're you know a young um, young teenagers, or, or they've got a young target market. So the E series is right up their alley for, for their target market, um, being I guess the fun and young version um, of Telstra, really. So. Um, you know, it, it's very important to boost mobile, hence why we have actually got two entries um, for them in this year's E-Series. And, you know, it's again, it's just that TV time and I guess engagement as well. So, you know, it's extra that we can do for our sponsors while we're not on track and it's really just keeping our sport, I suppose, at the forefront of our of our fans' world because otherwise, you know, there's, there's a big gap between July and October and, you know, we don't want to sort of slip off the map. It's important to, you know, keep our fans engaged but keep our sponsors and our partners in, in front of our fans as well. I want to thank Barry Ryan, Shannon Kiley, George Commons and Brody Kostecki for joining us and giving us an insight into not only the way in which they operate but the way they think. It's been wonderful to go inside, inside, inside Erebus Motorsport and thank you very much for your time and we greatly appreciate your thoughts and the way in which uh, you all operate so thanks again from inside supercars for joining us to erebus motorsport thank you thank you inside supercars is produced by thunder media tune in next time for more or lock in the podcast on your itunes or mobile device search inside supercars The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.